Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast. My name is Lee Payton, and along with co-founder Reese Harris, we'll discuss the tools and mindset you need for successful remote entrepreneurship. So whether you're new to freelancing or have an established online business, we'll help you to earn more, work less, and become irreplaceable. In this episode, we're talking to Claudia Mack, a Cypress-based email strategist and copywriter specializing in e-commerce businesses. Claudia started freelancing in August of 2019, two months after she graduated college, and has since written for a wide range of companies and in various formats. She started traveling in 2021 and has been all over the globe, including Europe, America, Asia, and Australia. Claudia was born in Hong Kong, educated in the UK, and is currently based in Cyprus as a digital nomad. We discuss a wide range of topics, including platforms like Fiverr, international travel, and her experiences with culture, quality of life, and cost of living in the island nation of Cyprus. Be sure to follow Claudia with the links provided in the show notes. In case you can't tell, Claudia, we're just making this up as we go. We really don't. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, every, every episode, we're just like, uh, you know, I guess we should try something new. See what works. Play around with Claudia's the thinking. Not. I thought this was a fucking professional. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, totally. Like I'm getting all the professional. No, I'm so. By the way, I'm so sorry. I just jumped in. I'm like shifting yeah. around. Audio didn't work. Don't um, worry. Yeah. yeah. We'll edit it, or we might just keep it in anyway. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I mean, just coming in like wide-eyed, like during the headlights. Um, yeah. But thank you for having me. Big honor. Thank you for joining. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I know, I know, we've all been talking uh, a little bit, uh, just through yeah. like different different chats and everything else. So it's nice to yeah. finally get everybody together and and just uh, you know see see where things roll. I mean, this is how the uh, reason I got started just through the you know Francis's group, um, yeah. and then just one idea led into another. Um, you know, like even with this, like we we changed this. Uh, we we've got like our, I think our only rule that we have is that we have no rules. Like we can literally say you know what, this is working. Um, yeah, let's, let's roll with that. Or even if it's an idea we thought was really awesome and the next mm-hmm. day it's just not working, we, we're okay just tossing it out. And that's really the way you got to be these days, I think, especially with all the AI stuff and everything coming in. So yeah. anyway, so if, if it's, if it looks like we don't know what we're doing, I don't know. It's Maybe we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hi, I'm Claudia. I am an email strategist and copywriter and I work with e-commerce businesses. That Fantastic. was really awkward. I'm so that sorry. That was a great like, intro. This that was is a great so intro. bad. <laughs> da, 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 da. Amazing. Yeah. You, you haven't seen bad yet. Wait till I try to, because uh, I'll do the intro <laughs> for you. Before we, uh, you should see me like record 30 minutes of video just to get 30 seconds. You know, just cursing at the birds and yelling at shit. And, like, and I'm like, uh, like, what is that between my teeth? So yeah, no, that was perfect. Good job. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'll get better at this, I feel. Didn't have time to pour myself a drink, but we're good. Yeah. Please do. If whatever makes you, I, if you want to go and get can a I, drink, can, yeah. can you excuse me free. for fifteen seconds? You might see my yeah, cap yeah. as well because I feel like they're. There you go. Yeah, like I mean, I was um, hanging out with Reese yesterday, and I like sat down. And I was like, I want an Irish coffee, and after I was done, I was like, I want a whiskey sour. <laughs> I was also having like kind of like one of those days, but like you got the like, uh, like. Like that, Claudia. That one. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. this one. <laughs> well, that's that's the one we want now. We want that one. Go 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 get yeah, that go one. Get oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It actually crossed my mind to grab a beer today too, just because you know you know how it works you know. But uh, I got to work on a. I got like eight meetings today. Oh, uh, probably, actually on a Friday. 
I might actually have a fridge out here. We should Euros maybe and... we should maybe have a series where it's like every yeah. guest is like we're all having a drink. Of course, I'm the one who starts this this yeah. drink. Well, it's it's five o'clock, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Um, we so, were so vanilla yeah. until today. For anyone who's curious, I have rhubarb tonic water with hibiscus oh, and some yes. Bombay sapphire dry gin and a beautiful ice cube. I feel like these are more for like whiskeys, but that's okay. We'll live with awesome. that. Oh man, this is what I don't. I don't. I'm not sure which one of these I buildings. Think Cloudy is stealing right? the show. Yeah, I know. Oh shit! I'm so sorry. I'm like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is perfect. While I make this, this is... drink, I can. Yeah, I can give you the goods as well while I make yeah. mine. Well, this helps because uh, uh, we have a tendency to not, or we try. We think we've prepared, but then we hit record, and it's like, eh, that doesn't really sound like, yeah. like it's going to work. Uh, so this this helps. This helps. If I could find it. It's got to be a beer around here somewhere. I'm looking at four buildings, and I don't know which oh, one has Jesus. a fridge in it. And I don't feel like jogging <laughs> over there to get it, so I'm going to suffer through with my coffee for now. Uh, so you, you guys are both, uh, you're both in Cyprus, right? That's how. Just... Yes. Yeah, you've been here. Yeah, tell us how. When did you arrive, Claudia? Yeah, so I've been here on and off in total one year. So I first came here last year between February and May. So I was here for a full three months and um, I don't know, I, I came here, I had zero expectations. I thought this was just going to be like a non-Schengen layover, three month long layover um, because I had just spent all of my time in Italy and France. So I just needed somewhere to um, escape. Um, and I mean, Cyprus really just um, blew all my expectations out of the water. Like I had no idea um, how like awesome this place would be and how I guess like compatible um, I am with like the lifestyle and the environment and the culture here. And so after that, um, did some more traveling and then returned um, mid-September and then stayed till mid-February, um, left for three months and now I'm back for at least another two months. Nice. And you went in the last few months, you were in Thailand, right? I was in Thailand, yeah, in Phuket, uh, in Bangkok, and also a week in Penang. Big difference? Like, what was the difference between here and here in Southeast Asia? Yeah, well, um, like, the biggest difference is, like, air quality. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people really take for granted until you don't have access to it. I don't know. Like, I guess here, you know, it's not exactly like Germany or the Netherlands. Like, it's not... Um, as clear things are not as clear cut the rules aren't as strictly enforced if i may say so maybe you reese you've you've experienced this as well like you i'm sorry like i don't know if i should say this but like if you park really shittily chances are you won't get a ticket whereas in other places you are more likely so it's it's kind of like loose enforcement but then there's there's thailand loose enforcement um so I think there's more organization here, <laughs> better air quality, <laughs> things are cleaner. Um, and uh, I think it's also more spaced out. So the, the overall pace and the, the vibe is just more relaxed as opposed to like Bangkok or even Phuket, which are both really busy, lots of stuff going on, lot, always everywhere, traffic, sounds, smells, noises. Um, so I'm really happy to be back, to be honest. Like it was, it was a good run. Um, but I'm happy to, that Cyprus is a good place to decompress and 
kind of enjoy the natural environment and enjoy the like more relaxed lifestyle and you know be one with the earth you know go to the beach go hiking go skiing i feel like an infomercial for cyprus but <laughs> that's been my experience <laughs> you should start doing some outreach for the maybe for the I should, maybe stuff. i should reach out to the tourism board like i i am such an advocate of this place um and i mean reese has experienced this like it's not for everyone and not every part is for everyone there are pockets where you're like as a digital nomad, I don't think I'm going to enjoy myself here. Uh, but then there are also pockets that are really livable and really enjoyable. And you also get to build community and live a great lifestyle. Now, you know, other than the, t- the two of you being there, I haven't really heard much about it. I mean, I've heard of it before, but um, yeah, I haven't, I, you know, it doesn't seem like yet anyway. I mean, we, we could be at the beginning of the tidal wave where, like, you know, what happened with Spain is all of yeah. a sudden, all of, all of us are there now, uh, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, Cyprus is, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't heard anything good or bad about it. I mean, I'm hearing good things about it yeah. now, but it was just kind of like, eh, in the back of my mind. But that sounds awesome. Now, do you do you run into a lot of other nomads or is it like you're saying where everything's kind of different neighborhoods have different types of, of people or how, how's it uh, laid out there? Um. So, I mean, if you were just going like about town, like it would probably be harder to find i guess your hub of nomads out of this weekly meetup thing called blunchers and reese has been as well and it's basically um the swedish couple and they've been living here i think this is their seventh year now and they started it because they wanted to just gather all the expats nomads long-term um foreigner like people who live here you know just have like a community of us and I started doing that last year and I've been going weekly ever since. And so those people are probably like the people I'm closest to and they're all from somewhere else and they all work online. And some of them are nomads. um, Some of them are, I guess, expats. Some of them have moved here permanently. So you've got a good mixture, but everyone's super cool. You have that nomad mindset, that kind of yearning for adventure and travel and interesting experiences and also that open-mindedness um you know to other experiences and other cultures i think that's really important and um something i haven't been very good at is getting more involved with with groups and and kind of you know just getting out and uh and and everything else but uh it sounds like you guys have a pretty good network there though reese have you been down to hang out with all these people too or or did your paths collide with with your social groups or yeah, I, I went to I went to one of the Blunches meetups, uh, two of the meetups. Um, like Claudia said, there's there's people from everywhere. There's a strong contingent of people living here because I think people like to, like you, Dick Claudia, you they came here for kind of a layover outside of Schengen or just to try it as a place to work from for a few months and get some sun, mm-hmm. and then realize, cool, it's a developing island. Like there's a couple of opportunities here to get some property. Mm-hmm. Uh, live under the sun, um, mm-hmm. eat good food, all of that good stuff. So there's a lot of people that are like bedded down. Um, mm-hmm. It's particularly a lot of Germans here, a lot of Russians yeah. here. Um, so yeah, um, it was a really, really nice group. There's also a co-working space called Huga. Um, and then that, a lot of the people there are people who live here. And then you get the mm-hmm. odd person that's traveling around at the same time. But yeah, it seems pretty friendly to um people like us um mm-hmm. 
especially people that want to come here, maybe start a business from here. Yeah. It's quite mm-hmm. tax friendly. Um, and it's got okay connections. Um, it's not the, it's not a big airport necessarily, but you're, you're right next to Turkey. You've got the Balkans, yeah. you've got Italy in the West. Yeah. Um, and then you've got South, you would have Tunisia. I can't remember. Um, Egypt. Egypt, Lebanon, Lebanon around, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't go to Syria, don't go to Sudan, but yeah, they're there. <laughs> yeah, so like you've got yeah various places yeah. to go and visit from here. Um, yeah, I think it's really nice. Yeah, I think probably uh, before we switch gears, uh, since we've been doing a little bit of an infomercial here for Cyprus, which I think is awesome because I, would, I think a lot of people are probably curious because I'm curious about it. Yeah. Uh, one last thing is how like financially without you know obviously people can look this stuff up for themselves when it's their mm-hmm. time to go there but uh like uh, housing like what's an average you know monthly rent how, how's the uh the cost of living there um i mean one of the reasons um i came was cost of living i mean i used to be based in london which is insane um so this you know in comparison to london is excellent um the prices have gone up a lot in the past year um, because there's been an influx of people just moving here between um, Russians and Ukrainians and also nomads like myself. Um, so I would say that something that's like a decent price range would be like 800 to 1,000, 1,100 um, for a two-bedroom. And those are kind of like current prices, June 2023. Um, it's high season now and, and, and the market is very seasonal here because, you know, during the summer months, it just becomes a tourist town. Like it's just ev- everything's booked up, prices are jacked up. So it's, it's better to come off season, which is anything after mid September onwards till May. Those are, you can get re- really reasonable prices then. Um, uh, in terms of um, living, like, uh, you know, your everyday essentials, um, pretty much what you would expect of like island living. I think because there are a lot of imports, like things might be, you know, on par with um, a supermarket in London, if not a little bit more expensive. But um, eating out, entertainment, all of that is way more affordable and so you can kind of make up for it so overall i think i come out um better than i would if i was staying in london um but it's not exactly like a cheap haven i wouldn't use that term to describe it it might have been a few years ago but now no not so much i don't don't know anywhere in the world that's what what we used to think was cheap yeah now there's there's certain places where uh i was convinced that uh you know like uh, mm-hmm. I could look at now, like, oh, I'm going to like there's certain parts of the U.S. even like around the Alabama coast on the Gulf of Mexico there. I was like, oh, maybe we'll go mm-hmm. rent a house there for uh, for a month. And I've done this before. It's not that long ago. You could rent a house for fifteen hundred dollars. It's like five thousand dollars a month now. So, but yeah, I think the whole world's wow. kind of coming up in price. Yeah. But there's also like some some truth to or some thought behind um, and this, not to sound pretentious or anything, I'm not like a fancy guy. Uh, don't, never mind all these toys and everything <laughs> behind me here. But, um, but I also like, I'd also like when I travel, we want to be like comfortable and safe as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. we don't really 
like if somebody said, Hey, this is the cheapest place in the world to go live. I don't know. That might be a turnoff for me because you know, because you, you do want like some conveniences and, and some level of like, there's gotta be like an urgent care, you, you, just the basics, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to go live somewhere like, Hey, it's only $30 a month. Like, eh, I don't know. I have to get there by loading up a donkey and going up a mountainside or something. I'm not into all that, but, but yeah, but anyway, we, We've uh, let's read. You got anything else on uh, on Cyprus? We can we can actually talk about Claudia, where she's from, and what she's doing because we're going to make this going to be a whole travel uh, brochure yeah. here. If we, <laughs> I yeah, I mean we we touched on it when we met Claudia, but yeah, for everyone watching, for all twelve subscribers, we are growing. We are growing. Yeah. Twelve um, can't be wrong. Twelve subscribers <laughs> can't be wrong. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the what's the origin work-wise, like your e-commerce email strategies now? Where did it all begin? I actually started on Fiverr. Um, and, you know, true to the name, I actually started with a $5 gig. Um, at the time, it was just about making side income, you know, just testing it out. I had no expectations. I did not want to be my own boss at that point. That was not even you know, a a consideration. Um, And the first gig that I was, I will proofread or edit anything um, up to a thousand words in 24 hours. I remember this. Um, And yeah, I created the gig image, just threw it on. And two weeks later, I got my first order for $5. And I was so excited. I was like, wow, I made money online. I can't believe it. And I delivered, I got my first five star. So I continually optimize my fiber profile um, as well. And I think that helped a lot with like visibility and ranking higher and getting more eyeballs. Um, so in a nutshell, uh, it basically snowballed. I, I started getting so many orders that it pretty much became a full-time job. And as I got different types of writing to be edited, I also realized that there was a demand for different types of copy. And I didn't know what copy was at that point, but I realized some people wanted me to write um, homepages for their website or a sales page or edit their about page or bio, like team bios, long form content. And um, those are the things I started to offer individually with different gigs. Every time I saw like there was demand for something, I would create a new gig. And so this um, strategy worked out pretty well. Um, I was able to get to top rated seller status. Um, and I've actually had um, five figure months um, on Fiverr too. Um, so it, it's been a great run. But, um, you know, after a while, I realized that I just cannot put all my eggs in one basket. And I cannot be fully reliant on one platform, you can't build your platform on someone else's. And that's the truth, because their algorithm can change one day or new rules, um, new requirements can change. Um, and it's a very fickle algorithm. And, you know, you don't want that to be your only source of leads. And the other thing is, um, on Fiverr, you just don't get to own your project process. And I talk about this a lot, but they don't even allow you to have, say, a kickoff call um, with uh, really? your client. Yeah, because they don't want you to be exchanging email info um whatsapp like phone numbers you cannot meet them on video and i've asked um customers for i'm like so this um client really wants me to you know talk things call and i think it would be really beneficial and they're like no there's no way around it 
Um, and everything, all of your communication has to happen on the platform and the chat box. And it's just harder to um, manage expectations, communicate really effectively, um, being able to communicate comprehensively. Um, the revisions process is a whole other thing. Uh, but basically, you know, if you get a very unscrupulous buyer, you can be in the revision process like indefinitely until you give up and you cancel and you lose basically all of your time and effort. So have you had horror stories like that? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, there are people that, you know, are just looking for free work. Um, at the start, I was, I was so, I would be so stressed out by even one bad client. Um, and I would try and negotiate, but I realized, you know, you don't negotiate with terrorists. I don't know if that's true, actually. Like, I mean, that's up for debate, right? But for me, it's been like, I'm not even going to deal with this. This is going nowhere. I know where you're at and I'm not, we're not playing. I'm not playing with you. That's it. I'll cancel your order. I'll rather forego all the time and effort that I've put into it rather than fight with you and do, create this whole dispute, get support involved. And it's more energy and effort. And you don't even know who support would side with. So that's another no one wins. No, well, well, the client wins because, like, I have already delivered, you know, the, the oh, draft or what, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and you have to, you have to do that. You, uh, you have to deliver, and they can just click revisions like in to infinity, and you can't do anything about it. And that's like another, yeah, that's another flaw of the platform. Like there are these different, like little flaws on the platform that makes it quite difficult for you to properly feel confident and feel heard that you're going to be paid for what you do and that you're not going to be abused by a client. And so I, I quickly learned and I, I would say now I have like pretty and especially when it comes to clients because of this, like I've dealt with so many of different styles of communication. I've dealt with people who just want free shit or I've dealt with people that you just cannot please whatsoever. And you're like, I'll let you go. I don't need to deal with this. I don't have to risk a bad review. Um, it's not worth it. So, so I've, I've learned a lot from being on the platform and, you know, going like all in on the platform. And now I'm just happy to be building my own platform off of Fiverr. And leveraging those 750 reviews, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, so it's so funny. Um, when Francis and I were discussing pitches, actually asking him questions about them. And I was like, oh, you know, I've, I've sent like a few pitches and I don't get responses. And he's like, well, you should talk about your experience. Great experience because everyone in our world knows about Fiverr and people always have opinions of it. And it's great to actually hear someone that's been on it, um, hammered it, done a really good job 750 times, which is great. Um, but you're right, like the, to spread the eggs, so, so to speak, in terms of different baskets, like building your own platform, your own, uh, place is important. Mm -hmm. So what's the, what happened post Fiverr? Um, I think post Fiverr, actually, I mean, speaking of post Fiverr, I think that maybe, you know, people who, um, you know, rely on or, or, work primarily on these platforms can resonate, but you kind of don't know what to do. Cause the thing is Fiverr takes 20% of the, 
of all of your sales. And you might think, oh, that's fucking a lot. I mean, I mean, it's a lot, right? Um, but they also do all of the work for you. Like once you've, you're at the top, you know, you're on first page, you're in the first row, people just come in. You don't have to do any marketing. You just like do your orders. You fulfill your orders. And get, going off of Fiverr's, you cannot do that. There's no one to lead gen for you. And I, I think post Fiverr, the hardest thing was definitely the lead generation, um, the visibility, marketing, getting in front of the right clients. And also because I, on Fiverr, I was just, you know, I was working with everyone because like I had all these different businesses coming to me and they were so different and, and, and in style and what they sold, um, in size. Um, and once you get off of it, you know, the conventional wisdom is let's niche down, let's be a specialist in an area. And for the first time, I'm like, uh oh, who am I? You know, what am I specializing in? Who am I sp- selling specifically to? So I had, I guess, a period where I was confused and I was lost and I had to do a lot of trial and error and testing. I tried targeting creative entrepreneurs, I tried targeting, um, brick and mortar stores. And I think looking back on my experiences on Fiverr, I think the ones that I enjoyed working the most actually was a golf apparel brand, beauty brand, hair care, and fashion brand. And so I was like, oh, look, there's a, there's a little selection. And what do they all have in common? They sell online. And so I was like, oh, this is maybe, you know, something that I can explore. And that's, how I got into e-commerce. Um, in terms of overcoming that lead gen, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, what we're told to do, just reach out, you know, the cold emails on LinkedIn, the DMs. Um, so I've been experimenting, trial and erroring with all these different avenues, just figuring out what works for me and what feels good and how exactly I should do it. And I feel like that's still a work in progress, but I already feel more confident just from having done, I guess, a period of a lot of um, cold outreach and just figuring out how I should present myself, how I should show up in someone's inbox and how I can kind of present myself as someone who can be of service as opposed to like someone who's just wants your money. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Yeah. It's a bit of a numbers game, you know, like, uh, yeah. I've, I'm hearing back from some people now, cause I, I had a, a similar path. I chose to go through Upwork and I, ha- I had a Fiverr and an Upwork account. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's only, I only stuck with Upwork, uh, because that's where I got my first couple of clients. So I was like, well, I'm not, you know, cause once you get traction in one platform, mm-hmm. you get a couple of reviews and they, it shows your earnings there on Upwork. I'm like, well, I might as well stick with this one. And you're right. It's, it's hot leads. So it's like, Super easy, yeah. uh, well, so to speak, it's mm-hmm. easier. Um, and then with the cold outreach, um, and we all have our own, you know, share probably the same opinion on that. Same with the niching down thing. Um, that's, you know, I think we we think it's the kind of where we're going to the age of the generalist now. But uh, but as far as the cold outreach stuff, um, yeah, I, I'm hearing back from people that I reached out to like a year ago. I don't even remember who they are. They're like, hey, can you help me with this? I'm like the fuck are you I don't, did i did i say something to you about uh, helping you with your website uh because uh because now the price is triple uh so yeah but it's 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 just a numbers game you got to keep at it you know it's like uh if you it's just if you 
DM 10 people a day over the course of a month, you know, if it's 300 people or more, uh, it'll come back to you. But it is frustrating. Um, but yeah, no, starting with that, um, now that you have your reviews and a little bit of backing, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. And I, I try to tell anybody who comes to me for advice on where to get started. And I know some people we know kind of frown upon the platforms like Fiverr and Upwork. I'm telling you, if you want to make money right away and you don't have much experience uh, and you just want to get some reviews, um, I mean, look, by all means, if you want to go the cold DM route, go ahead. But I, I think, you know, anybody who's new and we talked about this, I think, in our second episode, sometimes you're just not worth anything in the beginning. So, you know, you got people like me, for example, I came off a corporate job when I left the U.S. a couple of years ago and I was making decent money, but I was new to this shit. So, if I have to work for $5 an hour in the beginning, that's just something I have to do. Like I, I can't expect to roll in here. Like, uh, you know, I used to make you know, $150,000 a year and I'm not working for less than X amount of dollars per hour. I'm like, well, you don't know shit here, asshole. So, you know, you got to start from the bottom somewhere. So the platforms are pretty good and that's where we kind of typically point people. Um, but yeah, the, the cold outreach, are you still like, how, how much of that do you think you do per day? Is it like a constant thing or? Um, so I actually kind of, tallied up my stats for the first time in May, I've always kind of been sporadic on and off. And I never really tracked my efforts, which was um, a mistake that I've learned from, you know, what what's measured is managed. So in May, I really was super intentional with um, tracking all the numbers. And I sent 96 pitches out in May, which is not great. Um, but because I wanted to, like the target was to do 20 a day. So like 96 is, is like less than a week <laughs> on target. Um, but I did also have like 10 days of like traveling and, you know, like adjusting all of that. Um, but out of, I think 96, I got like, I heard back from maybe what 16. I mean, one or two were like no's, but the rest were like, um, keep you on file, do a test, do it this and that. And I'm, I'm in communication with, um, four. And so we're kind of figuring out, um, how to structure our agreement. We're at that stage now, which is really exciting, actually. So that's all from 96 pitches. And, um, I'm going to figure out what's going on with these four. But if not, I'll just, you know, continually do some outreach. And I think I've gotten to a point where I'm actually very comfortable with doing the outreach. I think I've found um, an approach and a template that works for me that I'm comfortable with. And I think that also gets some pretty good results based on um, my experimentation in May. And um, I'm, I was thinking about this this morning, you know, even if I do get some long term and i put them in air quotes because you don't really know what you and nothing's like set in stone right but say i have some agreements i still have to figure out how to grow my personal brand and continually build relationships because if something goes wrong i need to have a plan and i ha plan b and a plan c and make sure i have built a strong enough network to a point where even if i lose one or two contracts i still have something to fall back on at least a lead for sure um it's it's really great to hear the success you've had with it because it is something that a lot of people are like scared of or they're like you know they're it's unfamiliar um and you said it i'm really glad you said the words i'm quite, quite confident with it now because it shows that when you when you do that stuff you've never done before 
on the other side, you're not going to be the same person anymore. And so if you're someone looking at like, oh, I have to send a hundred emails out to people I've never met. Well, just think what you're going to be like when you have sent those hundred emails, you know, and that's, and that's what you've experienced, which is amazing. Um, and your rate is insane. So I want to see this email at some point. Yeah. No, it, it's funny if you, if you send out a bunch of, uh, in the beginning, you send out those cold pitches, like Bruce mm-hmm. was just saying, and like, uh, it's funny after a while, rejection does get hilarious. Like in the beginning, like you get the first couple back and like, um, well, first of all, they're mean if they reply and they say you suck anyway, that's a terrible thing to do. But you like in the beginning, you send out 10, you don't hear back from anybody and you just, you don't have that mindset yet where you can kind of roll through that. Now I think it's, I think it's funny, you know, uh, I, I'm in a position now where I could think it's funny, but, uh, but it just, it toughens you up. And then, you know, you just learn to roll through things and you just learn to deal with the numbers game. And <clears throat> there's not one thing that I've done uh, over the last, I don't know how many years I've been working, 20, 70 years or something like nothing's ever not one time been as bad as I thought it was going to be, or as hard or as scary as I thought it was going to be, or as time consuming. Um, so, you know, you're right. Just getting on, like he was saying, getting on the other side of something, and so for anybody watching or listening, it's like, ah, I don't even know where to start with all that. Just start with one a day, you know, and if you don't hear back, don't worry about it. Uh, and if you do hear back and they say something nasty, you'll laugh about it eventually. Maybe not today, but it will be funny at some point. Yeah. For sure. And the goal is not to, it is, but the goal is not to get the yes. It's just start sending. Just send them out there. Expect no's. Um, but when you get into a habit of it and you're able to confidently and comfortably send more and more and you're sending 10, 15 a day, um, it will become easy. And again, like you say, you're going to become more confident. You will start to get yeses. It is a numbers game. Um, there's someone out, someone out, there's a client out there for all of us. Um, there's plenty of them in the sea. Yeah, there's a ton of money out there. Uh, there's, you know, that's what everybody worries about too. Like, oh, the space is too saturated or... You know, uh, it's, there's like, look how many people are on the planet now. Uh, it's like uh, 8 billion and I don't know how many have access to uh, the Internet, but it's a, the majority. And then on top of that, how many businesses are out there? And it's like Francis says, too, like you only need the one client, you know, one good client. So as I, I, we get that a lot, too. Like, uh, aren't there too many copywriters? What about AI or, you know, whatever? Like these things are all true. But there's there's money just laying out there. You just have to go grab it, you know. So it's not nearly as hard as most people think it's going to be. Yeah, for sure. So your Fiverr nailed that. You're doing outreach now. Have you do you, are you do you? I think are you doing any agency work right now, or is it pure outreach and for agency? And uh, we've been going back and forth, and he's trying to lock in his client so that I can go in and manage that. And, um, I kind of raised my hand in a few other places like Facebook groups and all of that. And I'm also in communication, um, about a potential for, so everything's kind of coming together, maybe in the coming week, ideally. Um, but yeah, they're actually most, mostly agencies. And, and this, for this pitching round, I focused only on agencies cause I'd never done that before. I never thought to do that. I'd only pitched brands before. Um, but I decided to try something different. Um, and I mean, pitching solopreneurship is about doing things different. If you're unhappy with the results that you're seeing, chances are you're doing something 
wrong or you're not doing something yet. And if you keep on doing the same thing, right? Insanity, you got to change. Like if you want to see different results, you have to do something different, right? And for me, that was like, okay, let's change the pitch approach. Let's change who we're targeting. Um, let's change um, the style. And let's change, go from not sending any emails to sending one and then sending five, 10 and 20. I've sent 20 in, in a day before. And it was it was good. I felt like really nice and productive and I didn't feel like, Oh, I'm so scared or nervous. Like, no. Um, but I think growth and, um, the good stuff, fulfillment, joy, all the, the like tip top of the Maslow pyramid, it comes from being courageous and just like doing things differently. Well, I think we can end it there. <laughs> I think you've noticed that we we don't ever know how to end these things. And I was it was running through my mind a minute ago. I'm like, oh, we got to figure this out. That's perfect. We're out. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you. <laughs> no, that it's was sprinting great. to the fridge for the for the beer. Yeah. Oh my god, I know. I actually I actually might do it because the next oh, meeting god. I have is really really. Uh, <laughs> uh, but back to your real quick about the agency work. Mm -hmm. Um, those all count towards portfolios too. Like if I do, cause I have like three, I don't know how many agencies I'm working for now. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get rid of some, so I'm hoping some of them start watching these and they're like, he's talking about us, you know, firing, (laughs) but they haven't. That's how I know when, when, when one of them emails me and is like, yeah, um, we don't need you anymore. I'm like, fucking watch the podcast. And I've made it. (laughs) I've made it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I try to talk as much shit as I can about them when we're when we're doing this, but but uh, but yeah, I, I take all that stuff and I throw it in my portfolio. So if I'm doing mm-hmm. you know 10, 10 funnels or you know emails or press releases, uh, I I don't know <laughs> I don't know what the rules are if there are already. I should probably look this up, but uh, that's still your work though, you know. So mm-hmm. it, an agency is a good way to build up. You know, just mm-hmm. kind of like Fiverr gives you hot leads, and agency is also a way to get quote unquote hot leads, even though you're getting mm-hmm. paid probably by hour or by project, but, um, you know, some people, and again, this is all personal preference, but I've found, um, having private, just singular clients, uh, where you get a little bit more money and a little more flexibility, they can be just as annoying as, mm-hmm. uh, as an agency client who expects, you know, like all this work to be done for a certain flat fee. Um, I like to keep a mix of it. There's mm-hmm. no perfect, client out there or if there is i haven't found one yet but i I do like with the agency stuff even though some people frown upon that i enjoy that look i check my inbox from them i know what to expect i'm talking to Mm -hmm. the same you know content manager every day they pay me every two weeks they they, that doesn't get skipped uh like sometimes you have to hound other clients for that kind of stuff and then i'm able to throw it in the portfolio so i think i like to have a mix of both but yeah Mm -hmm. no agency works not as not as bad. It's just a little bit less money. But again, you know, the agency owner, they get the lion's share of the of the money, but they're also doing all the work. They're dealing with the client. Mm-hmm. They're doing all the things that sometimes we don't want to do. So there's a trade-off mm-hmm. there. Anyway, but if, if he's got to take off, this is a good place to stop. I uh, yeah. probably go feed an animal or Sorry, something. Guys. And No, no, you're good. <laughs> all right. But anyway, no, that was awesome. That was awesome. This will be out probably in the next couple of days. I'll throw it all together. I'll send it to you guys first to take a look. And then... Uh, I guess we'll have to we'll have to catch up one of these days in person, and then probably if we get a chance, we'll have you back on here when we come up with the yeah. next big topic. So yeah, 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 because you'll should... be killing it with even more clients then. Yeah, hopefully, okay. like let it make it all rain for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. The producer of today's show was me. For more content, join us on our YouTube channel at, at Solo Venture, and links to all of our social media will be in the show notes.